Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop, pop culture. We are a geek podcast for geek cu- culture. So, are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, put on that Ninja Turtle onesie, warm up those chimichangas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop, pop X Cast. To Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. Excelsior. Welcome, everyone. This is Pop X Cast coming to you on this Sunday night, December the 20th, 2020. What is up, Austin Burke, my cousin in Lexington, Kentucky? What's up, Bubby? Oh, it feels good to be back, Joseph. It, it really does, does man. It does. Just in time for one of the coolest Star Wars <laughs> discussions we're about to have. Oh, my goodness. Man. Dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be. Look at the chat blowing up right now. I want to say a huge shout out to Darth Baca, one of our favorite faithful subscribers nice. back here. God Stories Radio, what's up? And we've got, uh, oh my gosh, we got Yo Bear. What's up, Yo Bear? Hey. And uh, this is, we got John uh, Poffenbarger here. Hey, John. What's up, man? The Berksters in the house. Berkarama <laughs> Berksters. We're getting like it out. Yeah, I like it. It's <laughs> so good. I like that, man. But uh, so, how, dude, it's been August since our last show. Oh my goodness. A lot has happened since August. A lot has happened since August, right? So, we yeah. probably want to maybe do a quick catch up, perhaps, maybe something. I don't know. Um, so what's new in your world? I mean, you do, you hit like, what is it? Like a million subs now on what, what are you up to now? On Every time uh, I talk to you, it's like 77, 77. Oh my God. So you hit 75 K. Yes, I did. That is ridiculous. That's amazing. Goal, what a feat. Yeah. What a feat, bro. Look at you. I'm go. thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have a great community and, um, I got accepted into the, the critics choice association and just writing for Rotten Tomatoes, man, just, it's been a great, um, and then right in the smack dab of that, I got to come to Florida and, um, see you for a little bit on, on a bit of a business trip, man. That what, was me? fun, wasn't it? Well, that was fun. <laughs> that oh. was great. That was good times, was. but yeah, yeah, it was so awesome to see you back in October, man. And I tell you, it's been such a whirlwind for me in, in, in my crazy world. Um, I was one of the lucky, I will say this now, If since we're on Pop X, we're talking about geek stuff, and we do talk about yes. video games every once in a while, right? 
I did score a PS5. How is it? How is it, Joe? How is it? It is, um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty a freaking amazing. So I've been playing uh, Call of Duty, Cold War, Modern Warfare, and oh. Warzone. Um, and so I have been killing it with the clan. I run with a tribe yeah. of guys. I want to use a shout out right now to Mr. Steve Medeiros, Mike Kendall, and Brandon Nogler. Love you guys. That is the Team Pop X on Call of Duty. Yes, we actually are Team Pop X on Call of Duty. That's cool. That is cool. That's cool. Uh, but uh, so that's how we do it. We run out and uh, we, we play. But um, man, uh, so this whole COVID thing has been crazy. And so we've not really been able to do too much of anything. Uh, oh, and yeah, I did catch COVID two weeks ago. So there is that. Um, but I'm here. <laughs> You're feeling better though, right? You're feeling yeah. a lot better? I usually, yeah, I'm feeling good. You know, I just kind of, you know, it's like a really bad burrito that you get it at a 7-Eleven. You just kind of eat it and you know you have to have it, but when you eat it, it doesn't feel good coming out the next day. That's kind of how it was. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, you're not the only person. It was so crazy because I had just heard about my wife's parents and then you texted me and yeah. I'm just like, and I understand we're living in the midst of a pandemic, but it feels like every time someone I know gets it, I just, a part of me <laughs> dies inside. Like I'm still a heartbroken. It, it, uh, it's it's been what, a crazy year, man. It's, it's nothing to year. take too lightly i will say that much it is a very serious situation i was very blessed to be able to to fight it on my own and i'm here so uh yes. and yes i said duty uh, uh fritz <laughs> he said duty um but um all things said though we we're here this is episode 111 of pop x cast and yeah. we're just going to get into it because i'm going to be honest with you man we have a lot of stuff to cover tonight we have we have well, you know, first and foremost, Mandalorian Season 2 review, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about the Spider-Man Part 3 that's coming up with Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Toby. What? So <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be talking about that. But uh, let's, let's go ahead and kick this thing off, Austin. You, you go for it, man. All right, man. So I am Austin Burke, uh, returning the Appalachian geek at heart. We'd like to welcome everyone for joining us live in the PopX.Live chat room. A lot of people today, a lot of great individuals, come hang out with us and join the conversation at PopXCast.com. If this is your first time tuning into PopX, the first 20 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show. We have a lot of headlines. We and do. then we dive into the show topic at the halfway point. It is mm -hmm. a cram-packed show, Joe, mm -hmm. and I have a feeling... 2021 is going to be a good year for PopX cast, man. 20, I can't wait. I'm, I'm holding it out, man. I tell you, since the film industry has went bust over the past Dead. six months, we yes. have not had much to talk about. But yeah. I will say this before I go on to my spiel. I have had the pleasure of finishing Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. I, I caught up on all that. I am one season away from finishing up Peaky Blinders. I did finish oh. that. We finished, um, what is it, the Queen's Gambit uh, oh, on Netflix. Dude. dude these have been some phenomenal <laughs> productions. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I never knew Better Call Saul was so intricately woven into the Breaking Bad storyline. Yes. But let me just say, season five, oh, my God. Anyway, uh, yeah. so that's what I've been doing. I've been binging on stuff, and I'm literally one season away from Peaky Blinders. The Peaky Blinders. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been pretty awesome, so I will say that much. So I'm your host, Joseph Burke, Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we're part of an amazing network of creative collectives from a vast expanse known only in the world and universe as the creative multiverse. Now, this network of creatives is lightly sprinkled with talent that surpasses even what our own imaginations could even find. 
fathom. For more information, visit the Creative Multiverse on Facebook. It's it's a group. You just type in the Creative Multiverse and bada boom. Sweet. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, and we are eager to see what creative talents awaits within you. On the topic of the Creative Multiverse, we are happy to announce that we will be doing our second annual Artuary starting yes. January the 1st. So Great 31 experience. days of art prompts that will get you engaged and create those motivational juices. So we can't wait to see what you draw, what you paint, yes. what you ink, what you sew, what you create. It's going to be fun. And if you missed episode 110, which was our New Mutants review, when we uh, reviewed the new... Oh my God, this seems like a... Oh, it seems so long That's ago. <laughs> uh, check out our official website, popxcast.com, for this and more great past shows from our PopX Collective Archive. Now, be sure to head over to Google Play or iTunes after the show and click on that subscribe button. Catch up on some amazing shows from our PopX Archive, which there's a plethora of information there. And while you're there, we'd love it if you'd leave us a five-star rating and review. You guys are awesome for doing that already. And if you haven't done it, please do it. Uh, have you guys seen Schitt's Creek? Yes, my wife and I watch Schitt's Creek all the Hilarious. time. It is an, yeah. a great, great show. Eugene Levy is an amazing comic genius. Let me just say that much right there. All right, so let's go ahead into the news, Mr. Austin. Uh, don't go nowhere. We got some headlines coming your way. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Pop X News. Nice, Mike. Coming to you live right here on popxcast.com. <clears throat> oh, man, popxcast.com. Austin Burke, do you want to get the honors of leading us this week? I do. Unfortunately, I do. I, and it's so crazy how relevant this news is to what is happening in the Star Wars universe. Mm. Uh, actor Jeremy Bullock is Bullock. Am I pronouncing yeah. that correctly? Jeremy Bullock, most well-known for having sported the original armor for Boba Fett in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars Return of the Jedi, has passed away at the age of 75. While it's hard to rival embodying Fett for the galaxy far, far away, the actor uh, has more than 100 credits to his name, which included Doctor Who and multiple James Bond films. It's a pretty good career. Uh, Bullock had a small role in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and while he hadn't acted in a Star Wars film uh, in substantial capacity for years, he was a regular uh, on the convention circuit up until he retired from live appearances in 2018. A legendary character, a legend in the Star Wars universe, and a guy that will forever be remembered for many great performances, but Boba Fett, man, that's that's the one for me. How about you? Well, he, he breathed life into a character that was... In the original trilogy, may be lesser of a character. You would maybe even For consider sure. him a B-lister character. But fans, just the look of Boba Fett alone, I think I think when Lucasfilm designed the costume for Boba Fett, they didn't have any inclination that it would be as impactful as it was. And, you know, of course, the Sarlacc pit, we all know what happened. And spoiler alert, but... You know, it, it's amazing, though, that he, this legacy of Django and Boba is able to continue. And, Jeremy, you know what? Mr. Bullock did an amazing job breathing life into a character and setting a tone for a bounty hunter in the early stages. I mean, he was the bounty hunter that literally caught Han Solo and captured him in, in the Carbonite. So you yeah. got to remember that. And so it, he had a huge arc role in the Return of the Jedi. And uh, But uh, like I said, though, I mean, Jeremy... Uh, he, breathe life into an amazing character so well i've never considered myself like a huge boba fett guy just because it, it felt like such a minor role 
than what you just said, I mean, from Han Solo to everything that he accomplished, it really is kind of integral to the Star Wars universe. And then kind of playing off of that, what we see in The Mandalorian, it takes mm. that character and just rounds it out so much more. And now Boba Fett is one of my favorite characters, like in the current Star Wars world. So yeah. uh, he was the OG. He was the one who started it all. And I think uh, he did a great job. In and the there's just so much mystery and mysticism in the world of yes. Mandalore. Absolutely. And, you know, I love the fact that we have a show like The Mandalorian where we can dive into some of their rituals and their customs yeah. and, you know, not taking off your mask and not doing this or not doing that. And I just think, man, it's it's so cool that we get to tap into the the planet of Mandalore, the, the whole race of Mandalore, and, and just yeah. and understand more about Boba Fett, even though he's a clone, but... You know, anyway, long story short, we're, we're, we're rabbit-holing. We can rabbit-hole for days <laughs> on this stuff. I agree. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you, Mr. Bullock. Rest in peace. Uh, your legacy will live on in fandom forever. I agree. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is suiting up for March 2021, release on HBO Max. Now, the long-fabled Snyder Cut, the never-before-seen version of the superhero ensemble, has been restored and completed by the director. Filmed additional footage all the way back in October and has since completed 75% of special effects work. With his four-part, four-hour director's cut, Snyder confirmed the March 2021 release date when replying to a commenter on social media. Are you excited to see the Snyder cut, Austin? If you would have asked me a year ago, no. No. You're asking me today. The answer is a resounding yes. <laughs> I am, oh, so excited. Knowing this is a completely different thing, knowing we're getting an extra two hours of footage. And on top of that, I would say more because apparently what we saw in the other Justice League film is nothing like what we're getting in this movie. No. And all of the great DC Easter eggs and cameos that we're going to get. Now, part of me is a bit sad because... How does the continuation work? Do we get to see more? Now, obviously, we do with Flashpoint, but will there ever be another Justice League? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But to make this kind of jumbled mess over here that much better, I hope it does, um, will be a huge feat for Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder. And the fact that they're letting him do this, that tells me that they have a lot of faith in it, man. So I am so pumped for this. Well, I think if we back up and remember some of the historical things that led up to why it was hacked up in the first place, Zack Snyder lost a loved one. He lost his he child, if, I, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, in a very unfortunate situation and circumstance. And this was during the filming and directing of the original Justice League film. So at the time, Warner <laughs> Brothers acquired that shot footage, which was only 25% of the original film. Remember that. There was only, they only used a portion, a fourth, and then they made what you saw in the theaters. And it was kind of lackluster, but I am extremely excited. I, I don't care if it's four hours. Uh, it kind of is probably going to harken back to the director's cut of The Watchmen a little bit, yes. I'm, I'm sure, to some extent. Yeah. But um, I'm super excited to, to see all this footage that was filmed that we never got to see. Uh, that's what I'm excited for. And to see Dark Side. And Steppenwolf the way they were intended to be. Yeah, that right there is enough alone to to make any fan squeal with excitement and joy. I'm just going to say that much. I loved the trailer, the the trailer with the oh, hallelujah yeah. playing in the background because hallelujah. We yeah. get to see Snyder's version right? of the film. And it's four hours, Joe. 
It's <laughs> four hours, At man. this point, I don't really care. I'm in. Yeah, give me some popcorn. The more the merrier. Give me some hot yeah. wings and some popcorn, and I'm good to go, bro. I'm Dude, ready. This, I'm in for the long haul. This is like, this is Lord of the Rings. Like, this is crazy, man. <laughs> I can't you. wait for this movie. It's going to be great. And really you know is. what? This whole film was created by fan outcry. <laughs> it was yeah, created no, because even, the, even celebrities started creating this movement, the Snyder yes. Cut. Hashtag yeah. Snyder Cut. And... Wonder Brothers had no choice. They're like, okay, we hear you. So, yeah. When, when Ben Affleck did it, I, I started to believe it. We'll move on, but I mean, just the excitement level, I think, from both of us for the Snyder Cut is resounding. I just can't wait. I have a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for yeah. his cut of the movie. I do too. I, I, do too. I will, I will leave it at that. Yes, for sure. Um, so let's talk about whatever this. This is crazy. Dude. Sony has removed, and you're in the midst of this, Joe, because you have I PS5. Saw this. I saw this happen in real time on PlayStation Network. Well, go ahead. Okay. Sony has removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store, leaving PS4 and PS5 players with no option to purchase the new CD project Red Gang. In addition to this, it has announced that it will be offering full refunds for everyone who purchased the game uh, via the, the PlayStation Store. For those who have uh, downloaded the game, they can continue to play it or cash in on the, re the refund. In the meantime, the game is no longer available on the PlayStation Store, which means the only option to purchase it on PS4, PS5 is via a retail copy. Since its release in December on December 15th, uh, players have been seeking uh, performance, <laughs> seeking refunds for which the game is filled with bugs and performance issues on the console. My goodness, oh, now dude. that the game has been removed from the PlayStation Store and Sony is offering full refunds, there's a chance that Xbox will follow suit. Yeah. So listen here, man. Uh, I, I was, uh, holy cow, dude, this is so bad. So it released last week, Cyberpunk okay. 2077, and there was a lot of hope and optimism for the game. Yeah, I knew, bro. On the PlayStation 4, it was so bad, the game would hardly even run. No, I'm being serious. Like, you would get, like, these, like, it, it, they would be playing it. And you remember the old, like, uh, when you would boot up. All right. You know, remember when you put a, a Nintendo cartridge into the Nintendo and it didn't make the connection and it would give you all that weird-looking screen jumbo stuff? That's exactly what it was doing. It would, like, play for, like, five seconds and then just glitch. And it was like, oh, PlayStation uh, has expected an error in your application. Please submit report Oof. now. And so it would run a little bit better on the PS5. But I kind of, here's the, here's the thing, though. I know a lot of work went into this game. This game is truly beautiful. If it's played and it runs. It's kind of funny. I just said that. If it plays and it runs. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel bad for the creators and the content creators of the game because they put yeah. years into this and PlayStation removed it totally and is offering a full $70 refund for the game. <laughs> That's bad. Yikes. So, will we see Cyberpunk 2077 in the future on the play? More than likely. Once once the devs get in there and fix what's not working as, as fluidly as they'd like. So, uh, it's just bad. It's just sad. You know, it's it's a bad deal, dude. Has, and I'm not as familiar because, you know, I don't play as much in the video game world, but has anything like this ever happened before? Ever? Yes, there has been a couple of other games that have hit the PlayStation Store, and I can't remember what that last one was. Um, oh my gosh, it's it's it was like two years ago. 
there was a, a game that hit the store and it was so bad that PlayStation started offering full refunds for it immediately wow. and pulled it. Um, you know, I guess there's a level of integrity and a level of commitment that PlayStation is looking for on their games. And when they released this game on the network, it wasn't running up to par to what PlayStation standards were. And they're like, nope, we can't do it. Until you fix it, we can't, we can't distribute it. So uh, that's pretty much what, what had happened. That's crazy. And that that's sucks. crazy. So you do believe that we will get this in the future, though, after they patch things up, hopefully? <laughs> I, I would say in a couple of months, maybe two or three months after the, the developers go back in and, and, and rework some things and fix all okay. the bugs. Dude, there, there's like, it's like, 20% game, 80% bugs. You can't play a wow. game like that. Uh, it's That's not even... Uh, one of the guys that I was talking to on social media says it wasn't even auto-saving his work. Oh, so you would play like an hour and it wouldn't auto-save and he would boot the game back up and he would be all, all the way back to the start again. And be like, oh, Dude, man. That's terrible. <laughs> Look at this John, <laughs> John Poffenberger in, in the room. <laughs> the game will be fixed in 2077. <laughs> That's great. John, kudos. Yes. Yep. You're uh, right. I agree with you. Oh, uh, <laughs> my bud uh, Doug Hawk says after Fallout seventy six Anthem and maybe developers will learn. That's true. Yeah, mm. yeah. Heard about that. You yeah. have. It was pretty bad. Anthem was pretty bad. All right. So moving along with the news here, uh, we have Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures have reportedly extended the deal that allows Spider Man to continue in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now this deal was made, and it extended as a result of Spider Man increasingly important role in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe's amazing future. Now I'm thrilled that Spidey's journey, you know, into the MCU will continue, and all of us, you know, at Marvel Studios are very excited. This is Mr. Kevin Feige speaking, by the way. Uh, all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it, Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige said. And he went on to say, Spider-Man is a powerful icon and a hero whose story crosses all ages, all audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross the cinematic universe. So as Sony Pictures to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. Kevin Feige. And that's going to be the topic of one of our discussions this evening after we talk about The Mandalorian. <laughs> but yeah. already there has been some... I don't want to get into this too much, but I will say that there is a lot of cards that have been confirmed. A mm. lot of people are coming back, and it's going to be a mind-blowing experience for Christmas 2021. All I'm saying is 13-year-old me is freaking out right now in my brain. It, he's just freaking out. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but again, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Oh, man. This, Joseph. <clears throat> I want to say a huge shout-out right quick to Mike Kendall, one of my uh, Team Popex clan runners over on Call of hey, Duty. He's here in go. chat hanging with me in real time. What's up, Mike? So Relentless cool. MK in the house. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. But uh, all right, you get the last one, and I think Mike is going to come on camera during the end nice. of this and, and going to okay. share some cool information with us as well, so go for it. Well, this last one is uh, talking about something that I'm a big fan of. So Tron Legacy fans are celebrating the film's 10th anniversary. Uh, now, a bit of a cult classic, the movie has become a hit for many fans who were in the theaters back in 2010. Uh, with news of another sequel, oh yeah, it's mm. clear that people still want their Tron, despite Disney's strategy with the product. <clears throat> the movie is a lot of fun, and although the plot might not be up to par, the visual style will leave a lasting impression 
information on a lot of viewers. Uh, the fact uh, is clearly backed up by just how many people on social media are showing their appreciation for the movie. Some are very upset about what happened to the Tron Uprising animated series, yes, as well. Uh, but even so, it looks like Disney is revving up their lightsicle output uh, as Tron has rides at multiple Disney parks and another movie, I believe starring Jared Leto, on the way. I am anything Tron you give me from Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to eat that up like it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's me Thanksgiving too. dinner in my mouth and my brain all day long. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan of Tron. Always have been. And uh, I believe that Tron Legacy, the the film, you know, that that is a successor to the original. I believe it is cinematic glory in its own right. I believe that film literally broke ground just as the original one did in 1981. I, I just, you know, it's just amazing. Um, and, and a lot of people are on the fence about that. They don't like it. They, they're they're here. They're there. But I got to tell you, you can't deny the fact that it's an incredible story. It's incredibly shot. The visuals are it's stunning. And when they bring out, I, did, I was one of the ones that actually watched the cartoon series when it came out. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, how they did Tron Uprising. And it was just a, a great spinoff with uh, uh, Clue and uh, Tron yeah. and, uh, you know, all that. So, yes, indeed, I am extremely excited for that. And you know what opens up in just a few months at Walt Disney World Resort? No. The Tron Light Cycle Roller Coaster. Oh, oh my gosh, man. See, I've always said that is the perfect opportunity for a ride. And now that they're bringing that to life, um, come on, man. I mean, how do yeah. you not just make something awesome? Do you think it's going to be good, Joe? I've not actually seen the design of it. but It is going to be a minute and a half that will blow your brain. <laughs> yeah, there is previews. There is a there's a twin to it in in and I believe at Shanghai Park in China. Wow, oh, uh, Shanghai, yeah. And you watch the ride through. It's Shanghai and China. I I I just made. It's I had Shanghai. A, I had a what? Shanghai and China. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Mike's in the background. It's the voice. It's the voice from beyond the grave. It is. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, you watch the ride through. It's a GoPro mounted on the front, and you get to see the whole thing. Oh my god, dude! The way they filmed it, you're 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 competing. You are the blue cycles, and you're you're riding against a mirror image of your other self as the orange cycles. Oh, so the whole ride, it looks like you two oh. are going. And, and weaving, but it's actually one cycle. But they're using some kind of crazy mirror technology to make Ugh. your reflection turn orange beside you in a 3D holographic experience in real time on a physical roller coaster. That's insane. That's yes. Insane. I will just leave it there. Mike, you said you had some stuff to uh, to add to the table. Oh, look at look. He is so festive. Hey. He got his right, tree over there. Look at that. What's up, dude? I was one of those that uh, missed the cartoon as well. It was just the way it ended. It just kind of stopped. It's on Disney Plus. Yes, I know. I have to yeah. go back and rewatch it. Uh, but anyway, with the uh, the 10th anniversary, there was a special release that came out of the Daft Punk soundtrack. I just wanted to share. Uh, they called it the oh, Mondo ooh. release. Oh, look at that! And just it was just worth getting just for the artwork. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Daft Punk, baby. <laughs> That's sick. It comes with uh, 280 gram vinyls. Oh. What? The other one. 
this was a re uh, a re-release and it was only 3500 of them made it's orange and black man this, I, I pre-ordered this like back in March and it wasn't being delivered till November. So I just got that. Dude, your long. record collection, your vinyl collection is insane, dude. It is like every time it's like Stranger Things exclusives, Tron's exclusives. Yeah. Holy yeah, cow. I come across that. Uh, they were talking, they were talking about the 10th anniversary. They said they were going to make a re-release. I have the original as well when it first came out, the soundtrack. So I had to get this. It was worth it just for the artwork. Dude. That's insane. Well, thanks for sharing that, dude. That black and orange one. Yeah. That one is sick. Hold that baby up again. Jesus. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to have anything on vinyl, how about one of the best soundtracks? Not only of the year, ever. It was phenomenal. Dude. Yeah. 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 I'm hearing Derezd in my head right now, and it's awesome. (laughs) I was thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, that's going to conclude the the headlines portion of the show, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for for hanging with us and uh, just sticking it out. I appreciate that. We're getting ready to get into the meat and potatoes of the show. And so we, uh, we're going to dive right into Mandalorian Season 2 and Spider-Man 3. Uh, possible multiverse uh, cross-pollinating crazy things are going to happen, and it's going to be insane. I don't know why I say cross-pollinating as much as I do. I'm just going to shut up, and I'm going to roll the spoiler alert warning. Now, if you've not seen the conclusion of Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 16, well, you might want to hit the pause button, and, and, you know, we'll wait on you. How about that? Not really. No, we won't. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a pop-pop-pop-ex. Spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned beyond this point. Uh, there is no return as we open up the conversation and the roundtable discussion with Austin and myself and Mike here. Uh, let's just talk about the setup in episode one, as we're progressing through the storyline, uh, we're introduced to so many characters throughout the duration of these eight episodes. And you don't really understand, like, how the progression of these, of these, of these characters, you know, uh, Bo-Katan and, and uh, oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm just going crazy just thinking about everything that I just saw. It's like watching Clone Wars come to life right before my eyes is insane. Awesome. I want to go to you first. So, how do you feel about Kevin Feige's setup in the eight episodes leading up to the finale? And we're going to get to the finale. Trust me, we're going to talk all kinds of crazy stuff in the finale. But how do you feel that that Favreau did in those first? I know it was the different directors and producers and everything in every episode, but the heart and everything was 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 Favreau's idea but yes. directed by different people. So how do you feel about this setup and everything with the characters and all the story arcs? Yeah, so it's a tough thing to do. It's it's something after the sequel trilogy, and not that I hated every movie in the sequel trilogy, but it's one of the most inconsistent series of movies in terms of tone and story and characters. It's something that a lot of people at Lucasfilm were saying, well, this can't be done. We can't bring you a story with... You know, this much fan service, this many crazy Star Warsy elements, and still appeal to fans. It's not possible. And then Favreau comes in, and then Filoni comes in, Lucas's right-hand man, and they just 
bring together i sound like nick fury we're going to bring together a team of we're getting together people. a team <laughs> and, that's, and that's exactly what they did the the series of directors that they got for the first season um you know spawned uh chow who's now doing obi-wan taika waititi who now has his own star wars film it worked out great so for season two you bring in some fresh faces i never imagined robert rodriguez directing a Star Wars episode like mm -hmm. he did with that Boba Fett episode to a T, um, but they made it work, right? And I think that that's a lot of Jon Favreau truly believing in this idea, these characters, this lore, and how they just uh, continue to weave it in and out all through the season mm -hmm. and last season. Uh, but I also think that's just the care and passion that they have for Star Wars. You can tell they love Boba Fett. You can tell they wanted to expand on Ahsoka. And all of these things coming together, I think, gave us one of the most, yes, fan service heavy. But it was you awesome. know what? Yeah. That's okay. If it's yeah. well done and well executed, unlike Rise of, in my opinion, uh, Rise of Skywalker, which was a little bit on the nose, shoehorn. Yeah. This film, natural progression, man. I just thought it was so well executed. I couldn't agree more, you know, and I, I'm just thinking about some of the things that we got to saw. You know, you think about the episode The Marshal. Uh, which is where we're introduced to the guy that actually found Boba Fett's armor, if you remember that episode. Um, and he became an intricate... Well, he may not have been in the, any other episodes, but he was an intricate part in setting up the story arc of Boba Fett in the future yes. episodes. And then you get into the passenger. And the passenger was when we had the little frog lady and her eggs. And <laughs> Grogu literally consuming the eggs like they are nothing. I mean, this is like, yeah. this is delicious. I want some more. I don't care how many babies you need. I want your eggs. Uh, it was just hilarious, but at the same time, yeah. startling that Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> that episode for me, that was probably the most filler episode yes. for me. Yes. But you still kind of have those callbacks to something like Alien. I'm like, okay, I, I appreciate what they're doing. Not my favorite episode, but even that episode, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with it. It's fine. But it was it was setting up the reason that I think the purpose of that episode was it was setting up not so much the character of the frog couple, but yeah. where Mando had to go. Yes. And it's when where Mando had to go is where he met other people that created yeah. another spiral that you know, you see what I'm saying? It was a very yeah. complex and intricately woven kind of way that Favreau kind of did it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a filler. It was, you're exactly right. It was a, definitely a filler episode. I, I think the, the, the dragon, um, when, they, when they took down the dragon, I believe it was episode one, um, that, yes. was, that was a crazy one, getting uh, the Sand People on board to work hand-in-hand hand with the Mandalorian. And, and it was just wild. You're like, what? You know, these, yeah. are, these are rival races here in Star yeah. Wars lore, but they're coming together to take down this giant that's consuming all their land. Um, Definitely good CGI on the dragon, for sure. oh, and 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 pure Western themes. Oh, there. dude, spaghetti I mean, Western in some dude, some of yeah. yes, it yes. was awesome. Um, it kind of harkened back to like Back to the Future Three or like maybe the yes. Good and Bad, the Ugly with Clint Eastwood. Oh, some of that stuff, that standoff type scene yeah. with uh, yeah. Timothy Oliphant's character. I just yeah. I love the way that was kind of put together. But and Timothy Oliphant, you know, he's from that movie that was based about Harlan County. Um, yeah, justified yeah. Uh, yes justified and and most recently uh, i believe once upon a time in hollywood the guy is a, a massive actor and he was talking about how excited he was to be a part of the star wars universe and i just i love that they can continue to get these cameos from big actors and they're all just geeking out like us watching yeah. him and you could tell he was so thrilled to be there and i think 
he may be a part of that Boba Fett show we're getting down the line. I kind of hope so. I kind of yeah. hope so. But there's definitely a huge setup here, and, and you go through and you look at each episode, and you can understand and see um, just right off the bat what, I mean, you can see that there's something that it's building up to. Yeah. And none of us knew what to expect going into episode eight. But it was pretty stellar. Now, I want to stop here for a minute. I want to get some Mike's uh, take on it. So, so Mike, uh, as, as you're gravitating close to that microphone of yours, um, <laughs> what? so let's talk about maybe the first half of the season, the first four episodes. Um, what was just some of your, the things that you liked or some of the things you didn't like? About um, it. Some of the stuff that uh, I, I did like, it was, it was stuff that you had already touched on, you know, with the sand, the coming together with the sand people and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I would not have expected that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, overall, I mean, uh, the the filler episodes were, you know, would made, made it run a little longer than I would have liked. You know, it just uh, like the show as a as a overall, it ran this whole story took like 16 episodes over two seasons. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they could have condensed it into one season of 13 episodes and, mm. you know, started up started a new story, you know, mm. for going into like a, a, a second, basically a second season opposed to, you know, uh, spreading this out over eight episodes. But, uh, I mean, they, they seem to spare no expense as far as, you know, the CG work goes. And uh, especially with their new technology, they've been, they've been uh, come up with the volume where it's just this LCD wall. I don't mm -hmm. know if anybody's oh, seen that. Incredible, yeah. And it's just, just to come up with that technology to be just be in one space and just be transferred to one place to another. And you can just never tell it was how it was done, you know, by just looking at it. Yep. We're getting some conversation over here. Uh, we'll come back to you here in just a second, Mike. Uh, Doug Hawk said, The Frog Lady episode was a good one for Mando's arc. He needed to see what people would do for their children. Mm. Yeah. That's a good that's comment, good. Doug. That's a yeah, really good I comment. Like that. Very plausible. Uh, so so going into, like, you, you're thinking about the first four episodes, right? And, and we're setting up, uh, essentially, the marshal, the passenger, the heiress, and the mm. siege. Uh, the heiress, of course, we all know is where Mando got his his spear, and yeah. um, and won that, and that's when we saw uh, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. So how was there any other? We got the bad stuff out of the way. I mean, not the bad stuff, but the things that were could have been. There was none of it really bad. No, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't like it completely. It just, yeah. It could have been done a little bit differently. That's kind of. Yeah, I agree. Know, I was curious to see how they would do the Ahsoka Tano bringing her to life from, you know, from the animated world, and they did an amazing job on it. I think is uh, they got the perfect person for it. They did. You know, and I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Rosario Dawson. I don't think I I could not foresee anyone else being cast as Ahsoka no. Tano other than her. She nailed that role. I mean, she literally breathed life into a character that's up to this point been nothing more than 3D CGI, right? Yeah. Uh, in an animated short. So the fact that we have a real-life live-action Ahsoka Tano, dude, it was just something to watch. And the way she wielded her lightsabers, it was just wow. And it was stunning. And, and the fact that, you know, fans loved it so much that we're getting our own spinoff. Oh, yeah. Of, of that, yeah. there, dude, there is so much that Disney announced in their partner uh, conference that they had last week. It was just mind-blowing. Um, it was a lot. It, it was a lot to talk and take in. 
So the, the first four episodes, I do believe, though, I think Doug really did hit the nail on the head. It, it, it allowed Mando to see the lengths that people would do for their children. And even though this race was um, almost extinct, and that's all the eggs that they had to continue on their species, I think it was important for Mando to see that because I think in some sense, Grogu was essentially kind of the last of his species. And yeah. he, it, it, it's still on the fence if he's a clone or if he's directly a descendant. We don't know all that information yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that it was very important for Mando to see that connection between, a bond between mother and child. Even though you know he may not have, be the mother and child to Grogu, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of sacrifice, self-sacrifice, and that's something yeah. that he hasn't explored yet as a character. And that was so important for him to go through that moment and see that and to survive the cold and to brave the elements and to go through yeah. the spider cave and is just insane everything that they had to go through to get her to her husband on that planet. So I thought that was I, really good. I, I think the translation is one of the best things that Fabro was able to do, taking these characters from Rebels and Clone Wars that, you know, maybe not even the general audience is familiar with, and then bringing them to life, whether it's the same actress with Katie Sackhoff or a different actress with Rosario Dawson, but bringing them to life in a way that feels faithful to their characters. Absolutely. And not only do that, but then kind of combine all these things. And I know Ahsoka's only in it for one episode, but you have Boba Fett joining in, going on the adventure. You have a couple characters from last year. Mm-hmm. I thought the, uh, and I know we'll get into the second half, but even Bill Burr, the comedian coming back into to the uh, second to final episode, man. I learned more about him, and I didn't know I wanted to learn more about him. So it's these character-driven moments. And I've seen a lot of complaints that maybe a few moments didn't go as deep as they could have. And I understand. Uh, But this is one show where I'm just soaking in so much Star Wars goodness, and I'm learning so much, and maybe they're trying to throw too much at us. But I don't care. Um, (laughs) At this point, no. I I just bring it. When you see Ahsoka's lightsabers light up in that fog, and oh the entire way that episode was filmed, by the way, kind so of the good. dark look to it and the cinematography in that episode, man, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for this new, beautiful, and um, just perfect Star Wars content. Well, also we got too, a lot of that this season. There's there's a couple episodes. Remember the name drops at the end of the Ahsoka Tano episode? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn? <laughs> are you serious right now? Come on, man. This is crazy. So they are dropping this stuff in live action format. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Doug went on to say self-sacrifice was key. He went from adherence to creed to any cost to elevating the relationship with Grogu over his creed. He did. He takes That's, that helmet off at the end, man. He that did. Is the, that he is the did. ultimate. I just... Well, I'm gonna. Uh-huh. I got the. I got the handy dandy list of Star Wars episodes yeah. here. So this is what's Ooh, coming yeah. in in the in the next three years. Uh, we're obviously going to get the. Oh, look at you, Mac. I love you so Mike's much. Uh, we're going to get the Mandalorian. Obviously, that's going to be. Um, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Mandalorian season three or Mandalorian season three, the Book of Boba. We don't know that yet. Uh, uh, we'll be talking. It was a producer came out and said they are two separate things. That was this morning. Oh, good God Almighty. (laughs) All right, so Star Wars Rangers of the Republic. We have Ahsoka, her own show. Andor. Can we just stop and say Andor? Yeah. Good Lord. Right, That's right after Rogue One, dude. That is immediately... Or is that building up to Rogue One? 
Oh, you're right. No, it's building up. It's building up. Cool yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, well, let's just stop here. Obi Wan Kenobi, Hayden Christensen, and Ewan McGregor coming back reprising their roles. That was what? The Lost okay. It. All right. Yeah. Uh, then we've got uh, the Bad Batch. That looks good. Clones. Looks then we've good. got Star Wars Visions, Lando, um, Acolyte, Star Wars Acolyte. Uh, we've got a droid story, a droid story. And uh, at the bottom of the list, we have um, not, none other than uh, Rogue Squadron. Addie Jenkins, man. I Wonder know, Woman's dude. Director. And last but not least, from Lucasfilm, we will have Willow coming yeah. back yeah, yeah, to yeah, reprise. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow, that's going to be awesome. I, if you've not seen the original film with Willow, you need to you need to you need to immediately after this go watch it. It is an amazing epic fairy tale of oh my gosh. I used to Did watch Did you see it, so. who they announced to direct the new Indiana Jones, Joe? No. Is the director of Logan, James Mangold. <laughs> Are you serious? I swear. <laughs> That's gonna be so good. And someone's asking, one, two, three, rock fan, is Acolyte live action? So Acolyte's actually the one that's the most exciting for me uh, for Disney Plus because this is focusing on the end of the High Republic mm. when the dark side kind of became the dark side. And it was confirmed yesterday that it's actually 60 years before the Phantom Menace. So could we see Palpatine's master, uh, the exploration of Darth, uh, was it Plagueis? I believe it was yeah. Plagueis. I, mean, I think it was Plagueis. But yeah, man, that's to me, live action, that's the one I'm kind of just sinking That's going to be interesting. Yes. That's going to be really crazy, dude. Wow. All right, so so <laughs> that's what's coming from Lucasfilm in the next projected five years, but starting now into the next, uh, was it 2024 or something, 2025, something yeah. like that. But uh, I think if you're... It is a great time to be a Disney Plus subscriber. Let me just say that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And then this is not even including the the third trilogy of films that are supposed to be coming as well down the Taika pipeline. Waititi. Yeah. Taika Waititi is doing a, The Dark Republic or something like that. We don't Did know you see it. that? Just that one little tease during the investor thing of his logo. It was that very retro looking star wars with the different almost looks like joe it almost looks like something you would design and i'm like joe this is going to be our cup of tea <laughs> a taika Waititi star dude wars i'm movie. telling you we are going to be living on disney yes. for the next five years i'm just going to say that. yes all right so let's talk about the second half of mandalorian and then we're going to get into spider-man um so the second half of mandalorian really began to set some things up especially when we hit episode five, The Jedi. Yeah. And this is the episode where, I mean, obviously this is Ahsoka Tano, and this is setting that up and all of that. And then we get into episode six, which is the tragedy. And now the Ooh. tragedy, this is probably one of my most favorite episodes of the entire series of season two, with nice. the exception of the end of episode eight. But it reintroduces officially Boba Fett, all right, so we, we have Boba Fett, and at first Boba Fett is kind of not an ally to Mando, and so we're, we're seeing some of the conflict, we're seeing the battle and the struggle. But then we see the scene where Mando places Grogu, oh, but by the way, we just found out in one episode before this in The Jedi that his name is Grogu, um, yeah. puts him on the seeing stone. And there was such a buzz about 
when he's sitting there in the force <laughs> and he could not pull him, nobody could pull him out of the force field, who did he connect with? And there was a plethora of conversation that started in the fan community about, well, how many Jedi are alive at this point? <laughs> There's only like four or five. If you're considering, you know, if you're going back, it depends on how deep into the fandom that you're going. You know, so I'm like, my first impression was, well, Luke and Leia, Ahsoka Tano, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going through the list myself. And man, it was crazy. So the tragedy was probably one of my favorite episodes when Grogu experienced the Force yeah. and connected. And we saw Boba Fett pledge his allegiance to the child when the child was captured at the end of the episode. It was just a stunning episode. Austin, I want to get your thoughts. Mike, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, people were going as far as saying, well, could Mace Windu still be alive? Is it Ezra from Rebels? Like, we went all out on speculation. And, you know, part of me wanted it to be Luke. I, I, I just didn't know if they would be able to do it. I didn't know if they could pull it off. And they did. Um, but I, I also really loved, you know, reintroduced to a character that, again, I, I liked Boba Fett, but I'm just, I don't get all the hype. He's never really done anything. Whoa, man. He's mm. never really done anything my butt. <laughs> this guy <laughs> comes out and just wrecks shop for about five to ten minutes. And that battle sequence, that's all I needed to see. I am now a Boba Fett fan. I trust that the book of Boba Fett is going to be awesome. And that's what did it for me, man. I just thought, uh, I thought that was great. I think that that episode in particular, the tragedy, number six, was a turning point. Great. For a lot of people. For so a lot great. of fans, they're like, oh my God, this is insane how much yeah. we've seen in just a short span between episode five and six. Mike, what did you think? Yeah. Um, kind of with Austin on who I thought when he reached out to the Jedi, I thought it was going to be uh, Ezra. I was, I, because mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. imagine them to bring a major movie, you know, big screen character onto the small screen like that. Because I don't, I don't think we've ever seen that. No, no. So, you know, even so it was, you know, CG work, but even so it was still bringing a major character. So I didn't think they would have, they would have done it. It would have been, I, I was leaning towards Ezra on that one. So. It was, it was stunning, Mike. I, I yeah. think that the fact that there's so much fan service, but not done just for the fans, done in continuity of a storyline. Yeah, makes mm -hmm. sense. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just fan service. And... All right, so let's let's all three of us fast forward to episode eight, because we're I, I want to make sure that we can at least stay on time here to some extent. Yeah. Um, episode eight, man. Um, it started out kind of slow. I, I would say the first half of the, of the episode was for me was kind of like wonky. I agree. I'm, I mean, it's like, what yeah. is what are they doing? Where's this going? Yeah. You know, and and then the the the, the dark droid robots, you know, they fire up and they're they're coming for. Uh, everybody that's in, in in the command central, and this is like, what, what's happening? I mean, is this going to end on a cliffhanger? And I was like, oh, please, no. Yeah. You know, please don't end where, you know, Moff Gideon walks into, and it's just like, and that's it. I was like, oh, in the back of my head, I'm processing this, and I'm actually looking at how much time is left. I'm like, I don't know how much time they're going to be able to finish mm -hmm. this. So, and then we see an X-Wing land onto the destroyer and uh, from that moment on i'm like they, they can't they cannot be going this way there's That's no way I in said. the world 
I just I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Austin, what was your thoughts when you saw the scene by scene on the computer monitors and everything? Walk us through it. <laughs> they did a few things, and even throughout <laughs> the season, they built up these uh, the, these dark troopers as like you can't beat it. All throughout the season, you can't beat these guys. They don't Every have a time soul. we would get a tease, it is the uh, the indestructible terminators of the Star Wars universe. So I knew it had to be someone with the ability to, you know, kind of wreck shop, which is what we saw yeah, with Luke Skywalker. Pretty, pretty. Um and then we kind of get that that slow like you said build up through the episode. And again, I, I didn't hate the episode. I was enjoying myself, but I'm like, man, if we don't get a good payoff here, I just don't know if it's going to be worth it. Now, I will say Bo-Katan and even what Boba Fett does before he flies off. I, I thought that was re all really cool. You have to deliver with that ending. For me, it wasn't when because I thought even that was a tease. I'm like, they're not going to do it. There's no way. There's mm. no the X-wing. Sure, it makes sense. Not yes. going to do it. For me, it was when Yoda or Yoda when Grogu takes the little hand, takes this little these little fingies oh, right here, look at his little and he fingers. just and he touches the screen. For me, that was when I said, "That's Luke Skywalker." It has to be to react to a Jedi of that level other jedis around other jedis in training around will know that this is someone important and when when grogu does this i said that's luke skywalker and then you start to see it you see the cloak the you see the hand and oh man and it was all just one thing after another and the green lightsaber i kid you not i kicked over a chair <laughs> I, I i leaned back on my couch my leg flew up and the chair in front of me flies over and this was 3 a.m., so I woke my wife up, didn't tell her why I woke her up because it's a spoiler, and I was losing my mind, man. The fact that they did this and got away with it and really executed. Now, you can, you can say, you know, the, the face wasn't perfect, a no. little bit of an uncanny valley, but the fact that they were willing to do that for Mark Hamill, credit Mark Hamill, and kind of give a little bit, Mark, this is for you, man. This is Luke in his prime. That means a lot to me. And I can get over the Uncanny Valley thing. Uh, I thought it was perfect. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I, I, I feel, um, Mike, before I, before I expand on my thoughts, I want to hear yours on, on the Skywalker green, reveal. The green lightsaber. I, I was kind of leaning that way. I'm going, I, there's no way they can do it. Then they showed the glove. And I'm going, yeah. I'm so, I still wasn't convincing <laughs> myself this was actually going to happen. You know, and it just, uh, you know, and, and as it kind of, uh, you know, got into it more and more, and as he was getting close, and I'm going, they're actually going to try and pull this off. <laughs> and then, of course, when he takes the hood off, I'm going, you got to be kidding me. They actually did this, you know. And it kind of looked like, uh, you know, as far as the CG, it kind of looked like what they did to Leia in mm, yes. mm -hmm. Rogue exactly. One. Yeah. I guess it was the same style, you know. And it was also kind of a little bit of throwback to uh, Rogue One when you see Vader at the end of Rogue One. Those shots, see, yes. You know, Luke Skywalker, the end, you know, of this, of, you know, Mandalorian as well. I think that the way that they did fan service to Darth Vader in Rogue One is they did fan service to Luke Skywalker in the end of Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. I kind of feel that, um, you know, we're coming off of the rise of Skywalker and we're feeling a little lackluster, I would say, to not yeah. the performance of Mark Hamill, the story that Mark Hamill was given. Yep. And, um, you know, it wasn't... I don't. I, it left a lot of the Star Wars fandom kind of lacking, and yep. I feel that John Frickin' Favreau 
uh, stepped up to the plate in such a way that not only did he do the fan service to Mark Hamill, but we get to see Luke Skywalker 10 years after the fall of the Republic in his prime of the Force. And that's something we have not seen cinematically ever. And it was glorious. And Where is so, this TV series, Joe? Like, I want more of this. Luke Skywalker taking... I, I want to see Luke Skywalker go up against an army because he can do it. After seeing this, I believe he can do it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I was actually... I wasn't expecting the CGI face. I was expecting, like, Sebastian Stan. Me too. I was, Me too. I was like, oh, this is going to be Stan. Wait, they're going... Because yes. he is seriously a freaking lookalike to Mark Hamill in Mark <laughs> Hamill's prime. And um, I was kind of hoping it was going to be that, but I'm I'm fine with the CGI. It was a little wonky to some scenes, um, but you know what? At the fact of the matter, we got Luke Skywalker ripping up droids on the on the Star Destroyer. I'm just like, okay, this is fine. I don't care about this face. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's freaking glorious. Uh, so uh, yes, <laughs> according to Mark, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't. This conversation, like. No. Five years ago. One year ago. Would no. you have imagined we would have seen Luke in his prime? No. I, I just never pictured it. No. Mike, you were going to say something? I was just going to quickly, just on a side note, Mark Hamill knew about this a year ago, and they kept yes. it under wraps. Wow. Now, that's pretty amazing. And he was he was even giving out credit to that they were able to keep this under wraps for over a year. Well, they kept the, they kept the child under wraps even before the distribution yeah. of the show. And, I mean, they knew that uh, Grogu would be a hit, and but they had to do it because the world needed to know at the exact same time. Everybody needed to know. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So let's wrap it up with Season 2. I am going to go with a solid 8.9 on Season 2. There was a couple of moments that I feel that, um, you know, we're kind of filler episodes, but we're, yeah. in a lot of ways, and the reason I'm giving it such a high score is I feel that, those those lackluster moments within the season were build-ups to something even greater that had a more of an emotional impact at the end of the season. And so that, for me, is an 8.9. Austin, why are you going to give it? I, I'm going a flat 9. I, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely could have, you know, dived a bit deeper here and there, and I, I could have learned a little bit more. And, you know, some will say, well, they're just putting in these characters so they can do spinoff shows. But it didn't feel like that to me. Now, they will do that, but it felt like an opportunity to to establish them, build them up a bit more, and flesh them out in a way that made me like Boba Fett, made me really, really want that Ahsoka show. So I thought it all worked so well. Yeah, a little bit of filler here and there, but um, that payoff cemented this show being one of the best on television. It was amazing, and I, I feel that, man, this is just the beginning of things to come. Yeah, this is the start. I mean, Disney Plus and the and Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, everybody, Pixar has found their footing, and I think the pandemic has opened up the eyes to a lot of these production companies that they can, in fact, produce stellar content, and they don't need a cinema to do it. Yes, yeah. And I think that's the big reveal that the takeaway that we're getting. I mean, we're getting Wonder Woman on HBO Max on Christmas Day. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, so, Mike, what is your review? I'm going to go with uh, 8.5. I think the nice. final episode saved it. 
um some they like like you guys said it was some of the filler episodes you know we just kind of drag out and the, the kind of the the bad I, I hate to you know go on to the negative about it but the inconsistency of the length of the episodes yeah it's like yeah, I agree. It's either 30 minutes or 40 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes, back to 30 minutes. One was minutes. 36 minutes, another one's 50 yeah. minutes. I'm like, yeah. What? And it just drags on from like the yeah. first 15 minutes, and then just like they cram everything in the last 15 minutes. You know, it's that's just the kind of the overall show. You know, that's what kind of a little bit of downfall for me on that is I need a little more consistency with the you know, right. length of shows. Lindsay yeah. Badger gives it a 9.4. So across the yeah, board, like we're all pretty much, if you, the median between that is about a 9.1, 9 or 9, somewhere in that neck of the woods. So that's pretty awesome, guys. And I'm not going to move things along abruptly, but I really want to talk about Spider-Man 3 really quick before we, we finish the stream out tonight. Um, if you guys have been listening and watching and hearing the announcements of Spider-Man um, Oh, Mike Kendall, my buddy, says, I cried. I give it a 10, straight up 10. <laughs> you go, Relentless MK. Yeah. We love you, dude. Um, so Spider-Man 3, if you've not heard, and you've been hiding under a rock for the past two weeks, uh, you won't know that Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Frank Molina, uh, dude, how many names have been announced so far for, uh, for Spider-Man 3, Austin? Do we even know? Like everybody that's been recast. The only ones I can't think of are James Franco and the guy that screamed out Rent in the original <laughs> Spider Man trilogy. Those are the only two I can't think of. James so Franco. Much but isn't um isn't Willem Dafoe coming back as Green Goblin? He is. And Dane DeHaan as the goblin from Amazing Spider Man is rumored as well. And then Sandman, uh, the actor that played Sandman, too, I believe he's uh, coming back. Thomas Hayden Church, Thomas, yeah. I believe, is his name, which yeah. is... What's happening? Joe? What is going on right now? What's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's... This is Joe, and I've had some time to process this. Now, has it been confirmed that Charlie Cox is in, or is that just rumor? That is rumor, but it is rumored from a couple of sources that have been right before. Okay. So... So let's go in the mentality that Charlie Cox, a.k.a. Daredevil, a.k.a. Matt Murdock is in. I kind of feel that this is the way the movie's going to go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Opening first act, Spider-Man is on trial after everything that happened in Spider-Man 2 with J. Jonah Jameson oh, yeah. ousting him as Peter Parker. Yeah. And now he is on the defensive, and Matt Murdock is his lawyer. Okay? <laughs> Insert. The Sinister Six breaks out. And the Vulture and all of them are coming for him. And somehow, through the mysticism of the multiverse, they, they figure out a way to open up a portal, probably using, um, uh, what is it, Mysterio's uh, technology yeah. that we have, open up a portal to bring back all the villains of the other multiverses. Insert Doctor Strange, who is now, Benedict Cumberbatch, who is now the mentor in the passing of Iron Man, to yep. Peter Parker. I'm with that. And he's opening up, not only is he going to open up his own multiverse to bring back Tobey Maguire and all the other heroes, mm -hmm. it's going to be a full-on Sinister Six versus Spider-Verse. And <sighs> everything that's going to happen in the middle of that is going to be insane. Yeah. So that is what I feel the movie can be, the potential. And 
Dude, I'm telling you, I'm so excited for this because I've been such a fan of the Spider-Man Spider-Verse, especially the animated film that came out three years ago from Sony. One of my favorite Spider-Man of all time, and I had the pleasure of getting, for my birthday this year, Miles Morales on the PS5. Let me tell you something. Walking in Manhattan with snow on the sides of the roads and stuff, it is the most hyper-realistic thing I've ever done. But the storyline connects, wait for it, into the MCU. I can't spoil that for you. But there is a connection between the Gamerverse, the Multiverse, and the Spider-Verse. So... They're setting something up here, bro. (laughs) Austin's like, what? So (laughs) let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do we see live-action Miles in this movie? I believe this will be the movie we see Miles Morales. Okay. I believe this will be the movie that we see Miles Morales. Because his uncle was already set up in part two. Now, here's my theory. Here's okay. my theory. Let's hear it. So for Miles, now I'm, I'm really on board with a lot of stuff that you said, but just for Miles specifically. Now, yes, he was set up. They did technically introduce Uncle Aaron. But I believe for Miles to become Spider-Man, someone has to die. I believe the Miles Morales uh, of this movie will be a Miles from either Toby or Andrew's universe. And whichever Spider-Man they decide to die will die off either in this movie or if this leads in to a full-on Spider-Verse movie, which that's a rumor as well, I believe that will happen at the beginning of that movie and set us off on a Miles adventure featuring all of the Spider-Men that we know. So who is it, Joe? Is it Toby or is it Andrew? Well, it's definitely not going to be Tom Holland. Tom Holland has been no. contracted to be in the next yes. 12, 15 yes. movies, something like that. It's ridiculous. He's the guy. So yeah. Tom Holland's going to be the guy for a long time. Yes. So... You know, it would be cool if they would go back because it would say like, you know, 2004 and it was Tobey Maguire <laughs> fighting some some uh, villain that wasn't filmed in one of the original three trilogy and he dies. Well, you know, John Malkovich was almost cast as Vulture in the fourth Spider-Man that never happened. Do they do something like that? Do they give us that movie a little bit when we introduce toby mcguire i mean that would be so cool man to see some things that we've never seen before it's already rumored that we're going to get tom cruise who was almost cast as tony stark in multiverse of madness and all of these other crazy actors well here's another good thought too uh mike kendall in the chat uh, relentless mk as we like to call him he said throw in some tom hardy venom oh it's as coming. well which is coming. absolutely morbius and tom hardy's venom can ex- exist in this multiverse world and it already has been proven that they're going to be crossing over anyway. Uh, Morbius, and they will exist. Yeah, Morbius, when it was shot, was actually shot with a few scenes, I believe, with uh, Tom Holland. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's going to be some crossover stuff that's going to happen that's going to blow some people's minds. For sure. It is uh, going to be a series of mind-blowing events. And I believe whether Venom gets his own movie versus Spider-Man, I think we will get that. Um, or not, I think there will be some sort of Venom tease mm-hmm. in this movie amongst every other thing that we're talking about. But again, I am, I'm just, my mind is a little bit, I'm freaking out because I think one of our three Spider, 
well, two. One of our two Spider-Men, Andrew or Toby, is going to bite, bite the dust in either this movie or another one. Well, I really you know, think and that. too, we haven't really discontinued the possibility that the second part of this movie for Spider-Man 3 may be the continuation in the Multiverse of Madness. I think it will be. I think I that think might be. be the continuation and yeah. the finale, finality of it all. It could be. You know a crazy rumor that I heard? I heard that Toby, this is just a rumor, right? But I heard that Toby may have signed on for two movies, and it may be a Toby, Doctor Strange, Wanda adventure in Multiverse of Mad Madness, and less Tom Holland. Good grief. <laughs> because guess who's directing Multiverse of Madness? Sam freaking Raimi, who directed the Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. All right, we're we're done here. All right, we're, we're signing off. Mike, you got anything to add to this? I ain't got the strength for this. There's just there's just too many verses, you know. I just don't have the brain power. Oh man! I mean, I like your idea, Joe. You know, and also where we connect the two. But you know, it's like a 18 hour spectacular movie. That's what's going to become. I would probably sit there for 18 hours straight and watch the whole dang thing. I would. I there would is pee. that much. So I'd pee in my pants, probably. Dude, I tell you what, I've already peed my pants twice, and this this seat's going to need fumigated by the time I get up. I'm just so excited. One thing, save a little bit of that for me. I'll come sniff it. One thing Please. I want to bring up, though, is is <laughs> so the, in the in, in the investor day, wow during the invest are we live during we the live. investor day yeah. meeting? Um, the investor day meeting. Kevin Feige said something really crazy when he was talking about She Hulk, and it was a very it was almost in passing, almost at the end of his sentence, he says, and since she is a lawyer, you never know who else will pop up in that show. Huh. Well, why would hmm. you say the word lawyer specifically? <laughs> well, so, Charlie Cox, it looks just, like you're uh, getting your dream, bro. I think he is, man. You know what? I got to be honest with you. Did you hear the, the announcement that Punisher is coming to Hulu and John Bernthal is going to be it? That is... Yes, that is not confirmed, but it's that not is confirmed, something but it's that a I, highly. I, man, I'm telling you what, this Hulu Disney Plus deal because Hulu is going to take all the rated R stuff. I think they are genuinely go, Marvel in general is genuinely going to start going the rated R route, and I think it all starts with Punisher. And that's my opinion. What I was reading on some <laughs> forums now, none of this is confirmed yet, but uh, they're going to be going away from the Netflix storyline and exploring the war journals. Spoiler, oh. which is an, if you don't know anything about the war journals on the Punisher, well, now's your time to get yourself some oh. catch up. Um, it let's just say it is the darkest, most grittiest storyline. It would probably be the equivalent to the Dark Knight of Frank Miller of 1986. Dark, Dude. <laughs> all right, so just let that go. Just and last but not least, Fantastic Four. Can all right, we're just done here. We're, we're done. Uh, Fantastic Four is coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How they will be introduced, we don't know. Nope. But we have Moon Knight, Secret Invasion, Ironheart. Oh my gosh, I Am Groot, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Armor Wars, Thor, Love and Thunder, Blade. What? Blade? And then we got Ant-Man Ant -Man 3, The Quantum Mania, Black Panther oh. 2, Fantastic Four. Oh. <sighs> And uh, Fantastic Four I'm being done. directed I, by I John Watts. <laughs> that's that's telling, Joe. That's telling because John Watts, of course, did the first three Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. Did they bring him on board because they work well with him, or did they bring him on board because maybe they're introduced in this Spider-Man movie? <laughs> Could it be? 
I mean, we don't know what we're going to see, but uh, the possibilities of all these characters, Moon Knight, uh, you know, yeah. characters, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, all these all these characters that we don't even know about yet. Uh, oh, my I just can't. My brain's exploding right now. Oh, I got to say. What's that? <laughs> I said, I got two words, and it's John Krasinski, and that's all there is. John yeah. Krasinski and Emily Blunt yes. as, as, yes, as Sue and, yeah. Did you ever watch the um, the little YouTube show that Krasinski did um, during the pandemic? Oh, gosh, I loved that episodes. show so much. Do you remember the one moment when someone asked him, will he ever be a superhero? And I, I can't remember exactly what his he said, but as soon as he said it, we'll just have to see. He looked at the camera and did a little bit of a nod. And, you know, obviously with these contracts, you have to know you're going to be in a movie a little while in advance. Yeah. I think John Krasinski knows right now this is my opinion that he's going to be in that fantastic Reed Richards I think he knows I really do and his wife Emily Blunt needs to be Sue Sue Richards 100% yep 100% it is rumored that um our guy from Stranger Things you know the guy who played the lifeguard that that Mm -hmm. turns evil uh it is rumored that he is Human Torch that's not confirmed by anyone that's just a rumor right now right I wonder who they're going to get to place uh to play Ben Grimm the thing oh yeah that's interesting, man. Because that's know. probably going to be, I, I think, um, you remember the Fantastic Four movie that nobody wants to talk about? The one that <laughs> came out five years ago that nobody really gives a dang about? That was an atrocity? Fant Forstick? Yeah. One thing that was really good in that film was the CGI work on the thing. Yeah. It showed I us agree. the possibility that the thing could, and what I'm seeing is Thing and Hulk, baby. Going oh. at it. Two of the biggest there. titans in the MCU fighting it out. Man. Now that work there would give you a, boner um but uh <laughs> moving along here uh man i tell you what we, we can talk all day about spider-man morbius venom tom hardy i mean it is the possibilities in the next three years we saw what we saw what john favreau has done to the star wars universe yes. and how he has breathed new life into a creation that no fan ever expected that we would get Luke Skywalker in his prime on a show. Not a cinema film, a show. And the possibilities now with the effects and the CGI and Disney pouring into it, oh my gosh, guys, buckle in. The next four or five years, Pop X cast is going to be delivering some amazing content. We're back, baby. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to be able to talk about these films as they're coming out in these series. Uh, expect some amazing things in the weeks ahead, you know, especially with WandaVision. We will be doing a WandaVision recap show. We're going to be doing a Wonder Woman 1984 recap show in eight days from today. Uh, <laughs> so this is, this is all going to happen very quickly, but PopX cast is back, and we're so glad that you guys are going to be on board with this. Austin, you got any closing comments or thoughts or anything on Mandalorian or Spider-Man 3 or... I'm just, I'm excited about the future of, uh, of, we talked more specifically about Disney, but really Disney and Warner Brothers. Uh, the fact that they're going the more streaming route, but also staying true uh, with theaters. You know, obviously I want to consume a movie on a big screen, but giving us 10 Star Wars shows, 10 Marvel shows, the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, I mean... This is changing the game, and obviously the pandemic helped with that, but changing the game as we know it. Mm -hmm. But the amount of content that we are about to get, and that's one thing I've complained about Disney+. Plus, Mandalorian, well, that's about it. Now we have Soul, this is the new Pixar movie, which is my number one movie of the year, by the way. Uh, Fantastic. 
but I just never thought they could deliver. But it looks to me like we are going to get be getting a new episode, maybe maybe multiple new episodes of multiple shows every single week mm-hmm. for the next four to five years, Joe. Well, How you does got that Falcon sound? Winter Soldier? You're going to be having <laughs> um, WandaVision. You're going to be having the Book of Boba Fett. You're going to be having Mandalorian. Loki. Uh, Loki. Oh my gosh. It's like mind blowing to know. And then that's not even including all the other Star Wars things that are already <laughs> in film and production as we speak. Ugh. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's a lot. Steve Medeiros, I love your comment. Wolverine versus Hulk. That's what I want to see. Oh, that's another rumor. They're saying this is a way to give Hugh Jackman one last ride. I, I'm just. I can't take it with this. This is too much for me. My little heart, Joe. Well, my little heart. Disney does own Fox. <laughs> so saying, we might get, what if we get a Logan from like the 80s? Not, not the Logan from the future film. Yes. But yes. a Wolverine from the full blown 80s or 90s that is him. The is rumor Wolverine. is Multiverse of Madness will explore, quote-unquote, previous iterations of characters, and who better than little Hugh Jackman? In little Hugh Madness. Jackman? Right. The dude's a, a freaking mountain dude. <laughs> He's tall, dude. Oh, All righty. We're going to wrap this thing up, guys. We are 17 minutes over the top of the hour. I knew this was going to be a long episode, but we're just so excited about everything that we've been discussing the past yeah. hour, almost hour and 20 minutes. Um, Austin, you want to take us out here, buddy? You want to start rolling it up and wrapping it up? Absolutely, man. So I am Austin Burke at The Burkinator. You guys can search and find me on the YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we are part of the newly formed creative group known as The Creative Multiverse. For more great media, content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, uh, we want to see it, and we would like for you guys to share it with us in that multiverse. You can also connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest, all at PopXCast. <laughs> Send comments and suggestions <laughs> to us via email at popxcast@gmail.com. Also, for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. And I am also on MySpace, if you guys want to search for me and find me. Are there. you on MySpace? No, I'm not. I'm on that meeting. <laughs> that was 1994. That's a little bit before. That was a time. long time ago, man. <laughs> I remember ago. that. All right. Yeah. Anyway, listen, guys, we thank you guys so much for, for tuning in this weekend. And I'm Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media. And, uh, of course, hats off to this amazing team of creative collectives who are just getting in with the conversations on the geeky stuff. And I, We couldn't do this without all the amazing people that subscribe and listen. And, and of course, the, everybody that's here with Team Pop X. You guys are freaking awesome. And listen, join us for episode 112. We'll be doing 112 on December the 28th. That'll be on a Monday night. Uh, it'll be right before the New Year's, but we're going to be discussing on episode 112 uh, Wonder Woman 1984. So in eight days, you're going to get another Pop X cast. We're coming back, baby. So uh, we'll be uh, getting our lassos ready and our invisible jets, jets and the way we go. And what's Grogu, what's Grogu doing over there? What's, what's he saying, Izzy? Well, he was just asleep, but he woke up and made a little baby noise. So I figured I'd hold him on the way out. Oh, that's so sweet. That's all right. So sweet. From all of us here at Pop X Cast, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Pop X Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, 
please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on.